Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. I'm catching on the hosel, right? Yeah, right, right. Moving my head? Yeah. Clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess. Four, please. Darren Pritchett is now broadcasting. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And a pleasant good afternoon, everyone. This is Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We are streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. Hope you're having a terrific Friday. This is your July 1st of 2022. It is seven minutes. After 5 o'clock, we've had some pretty good rain showers in downtown South Bend. Today, right now, it's 68 degrees. Budweiser's weekday sports beat is being brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By the St. Joseph County 4-H Fair, summer starts here. Going on now through July 9th, get details at 4hfair.com by Pet Refuge. Urging you to adopt, don't shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. And by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at Feed. Indiana.org. My name is Darren Pritchett. Thank you so much for joining me on WSBT Radio. Coming up on the program this evening, two full hours once again since the South Bend Cubs are in the central time zone this week, taking on Beloit, 735 first pitch, 720 pregame right here on WSBT Radio. We've got our Twitter question of the day coming up in our next segment, and it centers around Notre Dame football, and independence. Also coming up on the program, our My 5 question of the day, who are the five schools that the Big Ten should contact now since they have acquired USC and UCLA? We are going to talk some Notre Dame football recruiting tonight. Mike Singer, recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, normally joins me on Tuesday, wanted to have an interview tonight, and so we are going to talk about Cam Williams, the wide receiver who is verbally committed to Notre Dame this week, Charles Jagasaw, the number one offensive tackle in the country, according to On3.com. He has picked the Fighting Irish, so Mike will have some information on Williams and Jagasaw coming up at 6.07. Three more big announcements to come over the next few days. Very possible Notre Dame could pick up 
five big-time recruits in a one-week cycle. And also, I want to ask Mike about the impact of Marcus Freeman, not only what he's doing with recruits, but just the everyday effort of it seems like something pops up. And Notre Dame's done a really good job of putting Marcus Freeman out there. I hope they continue to do that. But they had a tweet this week, and it was Marcus Freeman reading tweets to him. And it was almost like a Tonight Show type bit, or Jimmy Kimmel, I guess, where he's reading what people wrote to him about Notre Dame not wearing green jerseys when it's kind of green day at Notre Dame Stadium. And at the end, he basically yells out, can we wear green jerseys against Cal? And the Irish will wear green jerseys against Cal. I just want to get Mike's thoughts on just those things, those type of videos being put out on social media, how that impacts kids watching. Hey, kids are watching everything on social media. These recruits are taking it all in. I think Notre Dame's doing a great job right now of using the popularity of Marcus Freeman. I mean, he's got a great smile. You see it in this video. He just seems like a guy you could go up to and have a conversation with, and not every coach is like that. So we'll have Mike Singer on from Blue and Gold Illustrated in just about an hour here on WSBT Radio. The sports wagering segment this week has been really hit or miss. Either go 3-1 and one or 1-3. One and three. It was a 1-3 and three night last night, but still a winning month for June, so that's good. We'll try to kickstart July with a really good night tonight with our suggestions coming up in just a little bit here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. And here we go with our first pitch for tonight on this Friday evening. And it centers around the big story in sports right now. USC, UCLA, officially a part of the Big Ten Conference in 2024. But I'm also here to talk about how this could change the thinking of the University of Notre Dame. First off, last night, the Big Ten chancellors and presidents approved USC and UCLA's applications to join their conference. So in 2024, Get ready for USC and UCLA playing Big Ten football. How about that? The Big Ten now has 16 teams. The Southeastern Conference has 16 teams. The Big Ten and the SEC are the power brokers right now in college football. They are in a tier all by themselves. Everybody else has fallen behind. These two conferences hold the cards right now in college football and college sports. Is the Big Ten done acquiring teams? Is the SEC done acquiring teams? My gut says no. Why not add on? Why not go to 20? Why not continuing to add more to your portfolio? Look what the Big Ten accomplished. The number two television market in the country, Los Angeles, is added to their resume that they are giving to all the networks as these networks bid on the Big Ten package. 
How about some of these companies now re-engaging with the Big Ten, saying, you know what? You added USC, UCLA. Can we talk again? I guess Apple is an organization that has decided to re-engage with the Big Ten, trying to get something done, getting some of the Big Ten product on Apple. So a lot of things are happening right now. You wonder what's going on right now in Jack Swarbrick's office. A lot to consider. As we've talked about so many times, there's always been a couple of things that have allowed Notre Dame to remain independent. Access to the BCS, the college football playoff, whatever the format, does Notre Dame have a fair shot to earn a spot in the playoff? And the answer has been yes. The Irish found a home for their Olympic sports in the ACC. So that's a very comfortable situation for the Olympic sports. But now with this colossal Big Ten TV package that is going to be wheeled out very, very soon, there's some conversations that these Big Ten teams could get anywhere between 80 to $110 million from this rights package. I mean, think about that. I mentioned yesterday the USC beat reporter for the men of Troy mentioned that, from what he understands, USC will make $70 million more in the Big Ten than what they would have in the Pac-12. $70 million. Stunning. How does Notre Dame fit into all this? Right now, the dominoes appear to have stopped, at least for the time being, with USC and UCLA. My read is everybody's going to be put on hold because Notre Dame has to make a decision. And Notre Dame is such a huge piece of the puzzle. The Big Ten and the SEC, in my opinion, they would be fools if they had anybody else right now. Hit the pause button. Don't do anything. First off, I don't know if there is that massive, oh my goodness, yep, that's an obvious choice, done deal team out there. USC and UCLA, that combination fell into the category. We don't have to think about it. Done deal. Come join the Big Ten. Outside of Notre Dame, I don't think there's another team right now that falls into that category. That's why I'm waiting. Notre Dame is the huge whale in the ocean. They are a power player. They have leverage. They're still in a really, really good spot. They control their own destiny. They control their own destiny because no one is going to turn down Notre Dame. Notre Dame's in a spot right now where independence has been so important to them through the years. And I'll be honest with you, until I arrived in town to work for WSBT Radio, I don't think I fully understood why Notre Dame was an independent. But my first day on the job at WSBT Radio, December 18th, 1998. That seems a long time ago. And when I started working... 
for Tom Denon and John Finneran as a producer on Sportsbeat. I did a lot of listening. I did a little research as well, but mainly I did a lot of listening. I learned about Notre Dame and their desire to be independent. And after gathering all those facts, I got it. I understood it. It made total sense why Notre Dame remained an independent. They wanted to be a national program with a national schedule. They didn't want to be pigeonholed into playing just Midwestern teams. They had a great plan, and it's worked out great through the years. I mean, they had the NBC contract that came about in the 90s, which put them on a different level. So from the day I arrived in town and then started to understand why Notre Dame was an independent, I was fully supportive, been on radio shows across the country, as you would expect. Independence is always brought up. And I felt like I could talk to the hosts out of town about the Notre Dame independence because I understood why they did it and I supported their decision. I don't think they should have done it any other way. So from that point until yesterday, I was all in. Totally got it. Even though most of the radio hosts just probably were shaking their head, not agreeing that Notre Dame's not in a conference. If you're not a Notre Dame fan, that's always the crutch. Oh, Notre Dame, they should be in a conference. If they make the playoff, oh, they got in the playoff because they're an independent. It's mind-numbing sometimes, the arguments against Notre Dame. So for all these years, I got it. Independence was perfect for Notre Dame. That changed last night. USC, UCLA joining the Big Ten Conference. That changed my way of thinking. Now, Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director of Notre Dame, I'm sure he has master plans ready to go, and there might be some plans that none of us are thinking about right now, something just outside the box. And until I see those, I'm just going to base my line of thinking on the basics we have right now in college sports and what we know is happening in college athletics. The Big Ten and the SEC are very, very powerful right now. And to me, Notre Dame needs to be with the power players because the one thing about Notre Dame that has stood through the years They want to be the best at everything. They want to be elite. They want to excel. They don't want to be second fiddle to anybody. The players deserve the right to play the best and to be in the best situation. One thing I've always said through the years, one of the athletic director's main jobs is to put their teams in the best position possible to win a national championship. And with the access that Notre Dame has had through the years in football, they've had their chance to win a championship. Haven't got it done since 88, but they've had a fair shot. Just going back to Notre Dame wanting to be the best in everything, excel in everything, be a game changer. 
I just don't think you can be that being in the ACC right now. The ACC needs Notre Dame a whole lot more than Notre Dame needs the ACC. The ACC is in crisis mode right now because no matter who you talk to, what you read online, radio show you listen to, TV analysts, everybody's talking about who's next, who are the most valuable teams. And I'll go through my list here in a little bit in the My Five. But you look at the ACC roster, a majority of the next teams in line are from that conference, and Jim Phillips has a problem. The ACC is locked into their TV deal through 2036, and it's a measly $240 million. The Big Ten's going to be well over a billion dollars. If you're a team in the ACC, do you want to be left behind financially? If you're the Clemson Tigers, do you want to be left out? From all the other power players right now in college football and the SEC and the Big Ten? Heck no. I mean, USC could go from making $30 million a year in the Pac-12 to $110 million in the Big Ten. Don't you think all those teams in the ACC want a piece of that? Teams all across the country want a piece of this, but only the elite teams and schools are getting that opportunity. Notre Dame doesn't have to worry about that. They don't have to stand in line behind anybody. You want to join the SEC? Done. You want to join the Big Ten? Done. I can't sit here and give you a perfect explanation why Notre Dame would benefit from remaining an independent. I don't know if anybody knows how this is going to work at this particular time. I mean, Notre Dame supposedly makes $15 million from the NBC contract, maybe another 10 or 15 from the ACC network. You do the math. Does Notre Dame want to leave all that money on the table to stay independent? Do they want to give their student-athletes the continued opportunity to play the best of the best? You think about strength of schedule in the SEC and the Big Ten, that's not going to be a problem for those college football teams. Holy cow, strength of schedule is going to be massive in those two conferences. I just want Notre Dame to be with the elite, and I just right now don't see that being in the ACC. Now, you have to have an exit fee that goes the way the ACC, but I think you're going to make that up pretty quickly if you join another conference. So history... I love history. Times change. I never thought the National League would have a designated hitter until about 10 years ago. Then you saw the writing on the wall, and here it is. Things change. Independence has been wonderful for Notre Dame. But to me, at this point, I would like to see Notre Dame join the Big Ten Conference. I want them to have the opportunity to hit the jackpot financially like all these other schools because Notre Dame does so much good outside of the classroom, outside of the athletic fields. They're a game changer across the world in so many avenues. I just want them to be with all the other big-time programs in college football. I know it's not a popular take, I know so many Notre Dame fans want to hang on to independence, and I 
get it. It is a special, special way of being a part of college football. But you take a look at Notre Dame always wanting that national schedule. They want to be a national program. They don't want to be a Midwest school. You can now join the Big Ten Conference, and you're not just a Midwest school in a Midwest Conference. The Big Ten is now coast-to-coast. Rutgers, Maryland, Penn State. Then you got all the teams in the heartland. And now you add the West Coast, USC, UCLA, and maybe a couple of more teams come along with them. Not sure, but possible. You're now playing a national schedule if you're in the Big Ten Conference. You can build great rivalries for our great student-athletes and our fan bases here in South Bend. Who do you get fired up for in conference play right now in the ACC outside of the elite teams? Like in men's basketball, yeah, you get fired up for Duke and North Carolina, but it's not like they're rivals. Who's Notre Dame's rival in men's basketball? Just think about the rivalries in the Big Ten. You'd have two hands full of rivalries to talk about. It's been great for hockey. It has been a wonderful relationship, and the college hockey that we get in the Big Ten is off the chart great. There is never an off week in the Big Ten. you got to bring your A game or you get your tail kicked in. It is a great conference. Hockey East, you had usually four or five good teams, and everybody else was really, really down. Big Ten, not the case. It is a great, great series every weekend. So I know it's not a popular take at this point, and again, without knowing the master plan of Jack Swerbrick, he probably has some ideas on the table that make total sense that nobody is thinking of. I'm just basing it on what we know right now in the mainstream media. I just don't want Notre Dame to be left behind. They are elite. They're game changers, and I just don't think you can do that in the ACC. If Notre Dame joins the ACC, it's not going to save the ACC. It makes them look a whole lot better, but I still think they're in a really difficult spot because they are so far behind the Big Ten and the SEC in revenue. Gene Smith, Ohio State AD, Notre Dame, his alma mater, he had this to say, quote, I love my alma mater, and I've always thought they should be in a conference. I hope they consider it, and I hope it's the Big Ten, end quote. couple of tidbits. Dennis Todd, who writes for CBSSports.com, college football writer, tweeted this out this afternoon. Oregon and Washington have been told by the Big Ten they are holding Pat for now waiting on a decision by Notre Dame. That's the right move. Don't do anything until Jack Swarbrick calls you with a yes or a no. Don't do anything that could change Notre Dame's thinking, just in case. On top of that, John Canzano is a radio personality out in Portland, Oregon. He has tweeted this out within just about the last hour and a half. Canzano tweeted, spoke to lawmakers in Washington and Oregon today. 
there's a movement afoot to emphasize that the public and taxpayers do not want public Pac-12 universities split from each other. The effort, if successful, would keep Oregon State and Oregon together and Washington State and Washington together. This is horrible news for Oregon and Washington. This is outstanding news for Oregon State and Washington State. The Beavers and the Cougars basically could become orphans if Oregon and Washington were allowed to go wherever, for the sake of argument, the Big Ten. They're not coming to the Big Ten. No way, no how. There's not going to be a package put together where Notre Dame brings in Oregon and Washington. And, oh, by the way, you can bring Oregon State and Washington State, too. No, thank you. We'll pass. No, sir. We're good. There's still teams on the East Coast the Big Ten could acquire. I could see the Big Ten wanting two more teams out West to try to bring a little more closeness to balance as you go coast to coast now. But I'd still like to see a couple of teams from the East join the Big Ten Conference. Florida State-Miami combination, that would be exciting. Clemson-North Carolina, bring that on too. That's really good. But I still think the Big Ten will end up with 20, but you can't do anything until Notre Dame makes their decision. They are in the driver's seat. The Irish have the leverage. They're a power player in this whole thing, and that's why they should be with the Super Conference teams, not with the secondary conference that we are now seeing basically the ACC, the Big 12, and the Pac-12 regulated to. The ACC is still better off than the other two, but if a couple of their teams start going elsewhere, what if Florida State and Miami go to the SEC or Clemson go to the SEC or the Big 10? ACC then is in a tough spot. They're next in line to get cherry-picked. The Big 12 lost Texas and Oklahoma. The Pac-12 has lost USC and UCLA. The ACC is next, and they know it. Well, maybe not next. Notre Dame (laughs) probably is going to be next. Fascinating times. This is absolutely fascinating. So I'm here to say, after all these years, being 100% supportive of independence for Notre Dame football, I'm ready to make the jump to a super conference. I want Notre Dame to be with all the other power players, elite programs, and difference makers in college sports. I know I'm in the minority. The majority still rules. Irish fans, for the most part, want the Irish to remain independent. I respect that because I've been with you for all these years. Just last night changed me. 17 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. I'm Darren Pritchett. More Budweiser's weekday sports beat on the way on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
I'm Darren Pritchett. Sportsbeat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 542 is your time, 68 degrees in downtown South Bend. It is our Sportsbeat AM Twitter question of the day. Yesterday, I posted this question on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. The question was, if you were a conference commissioner, which duo would you rather have in your league? You could have a combination of Oklahoma and Texas. The Big 12 lost those two to the SEC. Your other choice, USC and UCLA. The Pac-12 has watched those two teams move on to the Big Ten Conference. So if you're a conference commissioner, you factor in everything, who would you rather have? Oklahoma, Texas, or USC, UCLA? Winning the vote easily. I'm a little surprised, actually. 63.8% said if I'm a conference commissioner, I would rather have Boomer Sooner and Hook'em Horns, the Oklahoma Sooners, and the Texas Longhorns. 36.2% chose USC and UCLA. If I had a vote, I would have taken USC and UCLA because I want that number two television market. That is a massive, massive market. And that's going to help my television rights resume. Oklahoma, Texas is very difficult to pass on. I get it. The tradition, high-end football. UCLA has been down. Texas has been down. Maybe they're coming back with Arch Manning since he verbally committed to the Longhorns. What have they had, nine or ten verbal commitments? Holy cow. Oklahoma's been a playoff team. USC has not been good for a while, but still a major presence in college football. So I would vote USC, UCLA, but the majority wins. Oklahoma, Texas got 63.8% of the vote. Now we get to a brand new question, which will run now through Monday afternoon. With the news of the Big Ten joining the SEC as a super conference, do you believe Notre Dame football will join a conference in the next three years? I could probably say in the next three weeks, but I'm playing it more conservative. So with the news of the Big Ten joining the SEC as a super conference, do you believe Notre Dame football will join a conference in the next three years? I'll give you the early voting. And right now, the vote's probably been up for a couple of hours. 64.9% say yes, Notre Dame will join a conference in football. I'm surprised that's the vote so far. 35.1% say no. Two more days to vote. You can join in on the fun. We'd love to hear from you. Just go to my Twitter account at 960-SPORTSBEAT. Cast your vote, and we will have a live show on Monday on the 4th of July, so I will pass along the results on Monday's program. It is 545. More SportsBeat coming up on your home of the Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. One question, five answers. 
This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 550 at WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. Sportsbeat continues with our My Five Question of the Day. Today's question, who are the five schools the Big Ten should contact next? Honestly, four of the five teams you can put in any order, I wouldn't argue. Number one, you can't argue. But the others, I think you can flip around and put them in a different order, and it makes a whole lot of sense. I've flipped them around a couple of times since putting together this question. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. Well, I guess I'll settle on the Miami Hurricanes at number five. But I kind of like the Miami-Florida State combination. You bring that rivalry to the table. It's all about creating great matchups in college football as you put together these brand-new TV packages. And even though Florida State-Miami doesn't have the sizzle that it had in the late 80s and into the 90s when they just had some crazy football games, Florida State's inability to convert field goals cost them games. Always a great matchup when those two were playing elite football. They've not played elite football in a while, but I'm banking on that turning around eventually. So I've got Miami number five with the stipulation. It's kind of a combination with Florida State. Four. Number four, I go with Clemson. Of the five schools I've got listed, they have the less oomph when it comes to market size. But they are an elite college football program that has been consistent for a decade now. College football playoff participant more times than not. Missed out last year. National championship football team. Adding Clemson to your football conference is a major, major win. Again, you could argue they're number two. I wouldn't argue in the least bit. They're number four on my list. Okay, okay. Uh, Number three. Now we finish off that tag team. The Florida State Seminoles come in at number three. You'd have to imagine Florida State's going to get this thing turned around. Let's see if Mike Norvell can get the job done. There's been a little buzz that Florida State might be ready to turn the corner. I'm not saying they're back. We're not going to go Texas Longhorns at this moment and all of a sudden say, we're back, let's go. Can't go there yet, but there seems to be optimism Florida State will take at least a step this year. Florida State, Miami, it just feels like they have to be in the same conference. Number two. I think North Carolina is extremely valuable. I like that North Carolina market, Charlotte booming area right a few years ago it's one of the largest growing areas in the country i think north carolina could be in the middle of a tug of war between the sec and the big 10 i think they have great value elite college basketball program i know it's not about basketball this is a football thing but i'm just saying they've got a lot of programs that are elite including women's soccer The football program has been solid under Mac Brown. A bit of a hiccup last year, which was a little bit of a surprise. But Mac's got them playing very competitive football at this time. I just think that market, the Charlotte market, would be a good market to get into. 
I think there's a lot of value in North Carolina. Number one. Who are the five schools the Big Ten should contact next? I've got Miami, Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina. And I should be fired if I don't say Notre Dame number one. It's Notre Dame. I mean, for obvious reasons. Everybody, and I mean everybody, wants Notre Dame. At this point, I'm sure the Premier League will put in a bid for Notre Dame. (laughs) Free agency has arrived. Now let's see if Notre Dame decides to leave Independence and starts taking these bids from all these conferences. But the Big Ten, hold Pat right now. You got USC, you got UCLA to get to 16. Don't do anything until Notre Dame says yay or nay. Once that happens, there's going to be a lot of people calling Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten. Hey, it is the thing to be with Notre Dame in a conference. And if it's Notre Dame to the Big Ten, it gives them a lot of different options. You can go back to the West Coast and get a couple of more teams, or you could try to grab some from the ACC and kind of cripple that conference. Maybe Notre Dame has a say in, hey, we'd like this team to come along. Who knows? They have all the leverage. Jack Swarbrick is in the catbird seat. He doesn't have control of the situation, but he kind of has control of the situation. He's the next domino, it seems like, in this whole equation. That's the My 5 question of the day. The five schools the Big Ten should contact next. Hurricanes, Clemson, Seminoles, Tar Heels, and the old Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. We've got a Sports Center update coming up in just a couple of moments. Can the Cubs defeat the Red Sox at Fenway Park today? We'll update that score and more coming up next. Mike Singer, recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, will join me to talk Notre Dame football recruiting in just a couple of moments. On your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We are currently streaming live at wsbtradio.com and on the free WSBT radio app. Leading off the 6 o'clock hour on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Don't you guys go anywhere. Plan to put on a hitting display. The center fielder. That boy is good. Number nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. A Midwest League champion. Adios! Walk-off home run, Eloy Jimenez. Who prefers to cheer for the birds on a bat. Adios! Goodbye, and maybe that's the winner. Here's Darren Pritchett. It is 6.09 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you. Mike Singer is the Notre Dame football recruiting insider for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Mike and I visited during the 4 o'clock hour today. We recorded the interview because he has a lot going on in the 6 o'clock hour today because on days that Notre Dame gets verbal commitments, He's got a lot of things to take care of at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. So Mike and I talked about a lot of recruiting news. One thing that we will not touch on in this interview is something that just happened a couple of moments ago. As expected, Notre Dame has received a verbal commitment 
from four-star cornerback Micah Bell. This is a class of 2023 corner, 5'11", 170 pounds from the Kincaid School in Houston, Texas. Micah Bell picked the Fighting Irish over schools like Texas, Houston, and Ole Miss. You can read all about Micah Bell right now at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Mike will have you covered. He has his thoughts on Micah Bell. A lot to dig into right now at blueandgold.com as Micah Bell, just a couple of moments ago, has verbally committed to the Fighting Irish. That is now 17 verbal commitments for the class of 2023. The on-three consensus ranking, which takes all of the major rankings that I think most of you that follow recruiting use and kind of comes up with one number, averages out all those particular rankings. And the on-three consensus has Micah Bell as the 118th best player in the class of 2023, the 11th best cornerback in the class, and the 19th best player in the state of Texas. On three themselves, they do not have Micah Bell ranked as high. They have him ranked as the 41st best corner in the class of 2023 and not ranked in their top 250. But again, Micah Bell, read all about it, blueandgold.com. I think we mentioned Mike a little bit, but we didn't want to take the chance. You know, sometimes recruiting is strange. Had we recorded the interview and said, hey, Mike Abel committed, then he changes his mind, then we're in a tough spot. So that's why we played it a little conservative, knowing that Mike Abel probably was going to pick Notre Dame, but we didn't want to take any chances. So we'll get that interview ready for you as we'll talk some Notre Dame football recruiting here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We are currently streaming live at WSBTradio.com and the WSBT radio app. And also, many of you are watching us right now on the Blue and Gold Illustrated YouTube channel. So you can watch Mike and I have this Notre Dame football conversation, and he'll mix in some good graphics and highlights along the way. Mike, good to see you. How are you? Doing great, Darren. It's very busy right now. Um, but uh, this is what you love as a recruiting uh, writer. And, um, yeah, it's definitely a fun time of the year. Yeah, I would bet there's probably about 50, 75 Division I college football programs who have recruiting analysts that aren't probably doing a whole lot right now. You're at the top of the heap with the way Notre Dame is rolling right now. And as we documented earlier in the week, this, over the next seven days, is going to be a very exciting week for the Goog, for you, for Irish fans, for the Notre Dame football program in general, with all of these players making their commitments. And Notre Dame is in the lead it looks like for all five. So let's backtrack. They're two for two so far, Mike. Let's go with Cam Williams, a very exciting wide receiver from the state of Illinois who earlier this week picked the Fighting Irish from Notre Dame. Yeah, um, and even you can backtrack to last Friday when Notre Dame landed a commitment from Jack Larson. So really six. And then, I mean, just this month has been a total hot streak for the Fighting Irish. So 
Um, Cam Williams, 6'2", 175-pounder, a four-star prospect for the on-three consensus, number 75 overall player, number 12 wide receiver. Uh, grew up, I mean, as we've talked about a good bit, Darren, grew up a Michigan fan, so it's, it's you know, it's, it's obviously good for the Fighting Irish to land a big-time prospect. It's good for the Fighting Irish to land a wide receiver. And then when he's just a little extra cherry on top when he grew up a Michigan fan, Darren, <laughs> I mean, I think that's just um, a little extra there. Um, you know, I saw him in person at Irish Invasion, and, and he was fantastic there. And you watch him on sophomore film. You know, we had stories on uh, his commitment and um, with expert reaction, what Tom Lemming and, um, you know, Charles Power over at On3, what these guys had to say and just raving about him. And someone who, you know, already has really good traits at the wide receiver spot, and, and you see him on sophomore film, he's already really darn good. And then you just look at how much better he can get. It's a really good combination of a player with a high floor and a pretty high ceiling. So you're really excited about this one if you're a Notre Dame fan. And you're getting into Chicago, Darren. Yeah. That's, that's another important aspect of it. Um, this 2024 class is, is really good in Chicago. Um, a few of the headliners, Kane Williams, obviously. Justin Scott, who's a five-star defensive lineman per on three. Marquise Lightfoot. Um, is an impressive edge rusher, um, I, I think, from Kenwood Academy, I believe. I apologize if I'm, if I'm wrong on that one. But, yeah, it's, it's a really good group in Chicago, and Cam Williams is definitely one of those players. Mike, if you take Cam Williams and kind of mix together the 23 and 24 wide receiver classes and understanding that there are some commitments still to come for the Irish at wide receiver – do you feel like they're going to fill all three wide receiver spots? And also, is Cam more of a slot receiver? He's got the height, but 175 pounds, pretty good speed. I'm wondering, is he more of a slot guy? I'm going to be completely honest with you, Darren. And, and, and guys like Tommy Reese or Chancey Stuckey could hear this and be like, no, Mike, you're an idiot. This is just my opinion. I, I, I am of the opinion that I don't care okay. really about that. Just get the best receivers. Um, someone like Rico Flores, who we'll touch on in a minute, Darren, uh, he's about 6'1", 190. It's not your typical body type. When you think of a, like a slot receiver, it's like, oh, 5'10", 180 pounds, they're small and quick. Like, yeah, that, that, that has its place, but you can have a, like a, 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 you know, a beast of a, a bigger slot receiver who's a technician is the word I was looking for. I don't know why beast came to mind, but she's like technician, just a really good possession um, receiver from the slot. That's really important too. Um, so yeah, having, having the smaller guy who's a game breaker, that's very nice. But I think that all of you, like you don't need a five, 10, 180 pound guy. Give me a six, two, yeah. you know, 190 pound, 200 pound guy. If he's just as fast, like I don't, you don't need to be smaller to play the slot position. That's a myth, in my opinion. Um, the bigger you are, the bigger target for the quarterback. This is even better. And I think Cam Williams ran a sub 4 5, 40 yard dash. So that's what I'm talking about. You can be really fast and be pretty big as well and play slot. So, I mean, Notre Dame's had a pretty good track record of getting these big boundary receivers like Cam Williams here. Uh, Braylon James committed in the 23 class. Obviously, you've had guys like Deion Colsey, um, just at this position in recent years, Chase Claypool, Miles Boykin, about all these guys. Um, and you can put them out in the field. You can put them in the slot. I really do think that they can play anywhere, Darren. All right, fair enough. 
You want to talk about Rico Flores since we're talking wide receivers at this particular time and Rico's announcement date is right around the corner. Notre Dame has been in pretty good position for a few weeks, if not longer. I know his final three are all outstanding programs, so he's got a, a very important choice in front of him, but it seems like Notre Dame has put themselves in a really good spot for Rico Flores. Yeah, I would say so. It's a top three of uh, Notre Dame, Georgia, and Ohio State. And look, this isn't reading in between the lines or anything. These are just facts. He had official visits set up to Notre Dame, Georgia, and Ohio State for June. Notre Dame was June 10th, and then it was supposed to be Georgia the 17th and Ohio State the 24th. Those visits got canceled. Didn't take them. So, I mean, that's usually a pretty good sign that, uh, you know, Notre Dame might end up with this young man. Ohio State just went crazy at at the receiver spot. Uh, I, I don't know what happened with Georgia. Um, but that one didn't happen either. So this one's just kind of seems like it's falling into Notre Dame's lap. So I, I'm not 100% sure on his commitment time. I want to say it's around 3 or 4 on Sunday, Eastern time p.m. Um, so, Darren, if Notre Dame lands Rico Flores, adds him into Braylon James, uh, and then we'll talk more in the future about potential additions on that receiver with, with guys like Ronan Hannafin from Massachusetts and, Jaden Greathouse, another player from the Austin area, along with Braylon James. I mean, it's it's really exciting right now. I love me some Chancey Stuckey. That dude's killing it on the recruiting trail. I was just going to say, he hit the ground running, and it's paying off. He's a rock star. I mean, I want to say, was was it on our show? No, I think it was on our, our, our live show on Wednesday night. Tim Hyde asked me, what is it about why he's having so much success? Is Stuckey being, is it you know, he played in the NFL or he played at Clemson. I was like, I don't think any of that really makes a difference because all these top receivers coach played in the NFL. All these top receiver coaches, um, you know, have a really good pedigree. Um, It's just how you build relationships. What kind of um, communicator are you? What kind of energy do you bring? Chancey Stuckey is a special person. That's why Tommy Reese pushed Marcus Freeman to hire him. Um, even though you had um, the, the Purdue coach's name's escaping me, um, Jamarcus Shepard, who ended up taking the Washington job, I really think Notre Dame could have gotten him. He was a more established guy that Notre Dame fans really wanted. I think Notre Dame turned him down to get Chancey Stuckey, and we're seeing why. Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. Charles Jagasaw, according to On3, the best offensive tackle in his class, and he is verbally committed to the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. So give us some insight on Jagasaw to Notre Dame. Yeah, I I mean, the fit on and off the field was just perfect here. I mean, it was going to be really tough for Notre Dame. And, you know, he's he's from Illinois, obviously, but it's, you know, a little bit out there. It's about four hours into South Bend. But, um, look, it it wasn't a deciding factor that – if he goes to Notre Dame that, you know, family and friends can make that drive in. Um, that's very convenient, but I mean, look, if you're an offensive lineman who is very smart, you know, uh, in terms of academics, goes to a fantastic high school, Notre Dame's after you from the Midwest. I mean, it was just kind of a no brainer. Um, and, uh, yeah, on three has him ranked as the number seven overall player in the country, number one offensive tackle. 
I mean, number one offensive tackle combined with the number one edge, uh, Keon Keeley from Tampa Berkeley Prep. And I'm, I, I mean, recruiting's going really well for Notre Dame right now, Darren, with, with those two players. And you're getting guys out on the edge. That's something we've talked about so much on, on your show, Darren, is Notre Dame getting quarterbacks, cornerbacks, and wide receivers. Those latter two positions Notre Dame's doing really well at right now. Um, just got to get a quarterback. We'll see what happens there. Um, but, yeah, it's been looking really good on the interior for this class. Mike, when you think about this class that Harry Heastan has put together, it seems like it's a very balanced class. You have those high-end tackles. you got some guys in high school that have been focused more on being interior offensive linemen. It seems like a well-rounded group at this point. All right. they got five offensive line commitments now. If I'm going left to right, I'm putting this unit out there on the field. I'm going Elijah Page, left tackle. Um. I don't know which guard it should be on which side of the, or which side of the line. But let's just go Sullivan Absher, left guard. Notre Dame's running right. He's pulling, you know, used him <laughs> there. Uh, Joe Auding at center. Uh, right guard, Sam Pendleton. And I love Charles Jags as a right tackle just because he is, is so physical and he loves run blocking. So I think that just works out perfect for him at right tackle. Um, and, yeah. Uh, even though I think Sullivan Absher could be a tackle. I mean, like, I, I personally would project Absher as a tackle. Um, I think in this class you do have three players who, who project tackle at, at, with Page, Jagusaw, and Absher. But, again, just for the sake of making a starting offensive line just based on the 23 class, that, that would be my lineup. And it's it's really good. And Notre Dame signed five in 2022 on the offensive line, five back in 2021 with my guy Joe Walt. And you could make starting offensive line units with those five, and they they were really good on paper as well. So yeah, it's um, it's a really good group. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't know where you went to high school or how big of a high school it was. Nobody looked like Charles Jagasaw at my school. I mean, six six, three hundred pounds at that level. I mean, come on, that is just unbelievable. He looks great as a defensive tackle too. Yes. Uh, we, you see that a good bit on his his highlight tape yeah he can he can move his athleticism and his strength the wrestling background went uh 41 and 0 um winning the class uh, a um heavyweight championship I, I mean i can't imagine too many kids being able to um be more physical than this young man combined with his athleticism yeah good luck I would have to imagine wrestling and high school football, that makes a lot of sense for an offensive lineman to be involved in wrestling. I don't look up that information when Notre Dame gets an offensive lineman, but that's a pretty good trait to have. Wrestling and basketball. You see that a yeah. lot with, with offensive linemen, just a big center. Different athletic traits between wrestling and uh, and basketball, but yeah, I mean, just I, I love multi-sport athletes, and I know the guys that on three who do our rankings that they that's they're they're very much into film obviously that's important but the intangibles of multi-sport how athletic you are um your measurements hand size arm length all that kind of stuff you know it's important obviously in the nfl combine um it's important to the on three scouts as well mike let's set the stage for this holiday weekend over the next few days there's going to be Three more announcements in which we expect Notre Dame to pick up three more players. 
kind of let our listeners know what might happen over the next few days. Yeah, so Micah Bell is right around 6 p.m. Eastern time today. Um, so depending on when you're listening to this, uh, Notre Dame may or may not have a new commitment. Um, Houston, Baylor, Texas, Harvard even, so I mean, are on his top list along with Notre Dame. So he's an outstanding student. Um, so that's Micah Bell from Houston, the Kincaid School. There's another private school. Um, if Irish land him, that'll be their third commitment from the state of Texas. Darren, guess how many commitments the Irish, or excuse me, players the Irish have on their roster right now from Texas? Just take a guess. What do you think? Oh gosh, man, you're putting me on the spot here. Just give me another. I'll what say you, what two. Two, four. Okay. So let's, that's not a lot, right? From how loaded Texas is, they got four players from the state of Texas. Now, Darren, you got a name. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, Brandon Joseph, you got Jadarian Price, um, the other two escaping. You got three alone in this class, again, if Bill picks Notre Dame. And then you could maybe have four if Jaden Greathouse lands with the Irish. And from about 2020 to 2022, those three classes, I think Notre Dame signed one player from that state. And Jadarian Price from Denison, which is like on the Texoma, they call it the Texoma region because it's on the Texas-Oklahoma border. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's different right now for Notre Dame recruiting in that state. So then, yeah, you have Rico Flores, who we talked about earlier, July 3rd, the four-star receiver from California, uh, and then Christian Gray, the number 78 overall player in the country, I believe number eight cornerback per the on-three consensus. That would be another huge win for the Irish at such a position of need. So I think if Notre Dame goes three for three here, it would be 17 or 18 commitments. And that's a high number for – just entering July. Can you offer a little perspective, Mike? If Notre Dame gets Bell and Gray, how different would that Notre Dame cornerback room look in the very near future? I don't, I don't know about how different, but I can just speak to how impressive you're adding talent. Yeah. I mean, so that's the most important thing. I mean, uh, Notre Dame needs just lockdown corners. I mean, Gray ran at four four at Ohio State going into his junior year bell has set records um in his uh southwest uh conference in in, in texas uh, he's he's running you know a fantastic hundred meter time so both guys track stars that's the kind of recovery speed that they need at the cornerback position these fantastic athletes micah bell excels at running back and in the return game Christian Gray, I've been able to see a few times. He's just got some twitchy athleticism to him. Very exciting gets for the Irish potentially here. And the on three recruiting prediction machine does favor Notre Dame for both. I'm going to change gears for a second, Mike, because when Brian Kelly was the head coach of the Fighting Irish, he won a lot of football games. A 739 winning percentage, if you count the games, the wins that were taken away by the NCAA. I'm not doing that. It was a 739 winning percentage. He won despite many people not enjoying his personality, which rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Brian Kelly is now at LSU, and at some point I'd like to ask you about the struggles of LSU recruiting, but we'll save that for another day. But you look at Marcus Freeman, and I think, first off, Notre Dame is doing a really good job, Mike, of using his personality, his smile, just his friendliness when you see him in a video to their advantage. And I bring this up because this week 
on the day in which the USC UCLA to the Big Ten story popped up. About an hour and a half later, Notre Dame had breaking news. Now, they're not joining a conference, at least yet, but Marcus Freeman's in a video, and he's at his desk, and he's reading what tweets that were sent to him by Irish fans. It's, it's almost like a, a Tonight Show type bit is the way it looked. And it was about the green jersey or the green day that Notre Dame has, and they don't wear green jerseys. And all of a sudden, Marcus makes the announcement against Cal, they're going to wear green jerseys. There are many ways to impact kids across the country and fans. I just think what Notre Dame did here and Marcus Freeman willing to do this, I'm not sure the old coach would have done this or could have pulled it off. I, I just love this. I mean, Marcus Freeman – I say this all the time, and I, I said this when he got hired. I said this on your show. I don't know if Marcus Freeman's going to win a bunch of games, but he is a special person. He's a fantastic recruiter, and you just love the guy. I mean, I'm a, I'm a journalist. It's supposed to be very biased, but how do you not root for this guy? He's fantastic. He's doing everything right. The alumni inclusion, bringing back game day math. Darren, I started covering Notre Dame May 1, 2019. Total outsiders to the program. Never had been to the state of Indiana before covering the Fighting Irish. I mean, this is this. So this is very new to me, right? And I see this initiative by Notre Dame. They they've done it, you know, recently. Irish wear green, and I'm thinking to myself, why the hell aren't the Irish wearing green? I agree. The team's not wearing green. So I just love that Marcus Freeman's coming in, and there, it's a really good mix, in my opinion, of keeping Notre Dame traditions, bringing back traditions, again, like game day math, getting the alumni very involved with new things, making Notre Dame really cool to young people, these recruits, and then just good logical decisions that just make sense. Wearing green when we have everyone else wear green, let's wear green as well. Darren, I mean, just look look at this guy's smile yeah i mean he's 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 just he's a special human being a fantastic leader very selfless from i mean all these coaches have egos but he's just a selfless person um who, who does marcus freeman want to have around him people with great experience like al golden a former head coach he wants to learn from al golden um I, yeah that, that that's special and while we're talking about coach freeman for subscribers to Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. You've been enjoying articles that Tyler Horka, Patrick Engel have been putting out there because they have the chance to sit down for 30 minutes and talk to Marcus Freeman this week. And I know talking to Tyler, many more stories are coming. So this is an early reminder if you are not a subscriber to Blue and Gold Illustrated, a lot of great content coming out right now. It's July 1st, and it feels like it's football season by the amount of content you guys are putting out right now. Yeah, no downtime really at blueandgold.com. So head over to the website. You'll see it at the top. You can get a dollar for a month. That's that's a great deal. Or you can do a dollar for a year. So that gets you access to um, all of my premium recruiting information, all of the really good premium team content. That's Patrick Angle, Tyler Horka, and Ashton Pollard churn out. Um, our message board. I mean, yesterday we had a daily or we had a, uh, a, a day-long Q&A where it's just, hey, got any questions, fire away, fire away, and our staff was in there talking. So 
just a really good community of Notre Dame fans talking about Irish football and recruiting and basketball, baseball, all these Olympic sports, talking about conference moves and all this stuff. So it's, it's, and then we'll just, you know, talk about my love for Taco Bell on there. It's just a good community. So definitely go ahead and join. And you're hip because if you're watching on YouTube at the bottom of the screen, of course, Mike has Coach Freeman in a green pullover because we're just talking about how important it is for Notre Dame to wear green on green day. Yeah, well, that's been the, that's been a little icon forever, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take the credit. Yeah, take credit for it. Absolutely. Take 100% of the credit. He is Mike Singer, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. As these commitments come in and as these players pick Notre Dame, of course, go right to blueandgold.com for the latest information. Mike will have the stories magically ready to roll soon after those commitments. Enjoy your 4th of July weekend. Hopefully there's a lot of Notre Dame fireworks for you to talk about. There might be, Darren. We'll talk about it. Appreciate it. All right. That's Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. Sportsbeat continues next on WSBT. 19 minutes in front of 7 o'clock at Sports Radio 960. WSBT, our sports wagering segment coming up in just a few minutes. Last night, Big Ten chancellors and presidents approved USC and UCLA's applications to join their conference. The Trojans and the Bruins will begin playing the Big Ten in 2024. USC Athletic Director Mike Bone said, quote, Ultimately, the Big Ten is the best home for USC and Trojan athletics as we move into the new world of collegiate sports. We are excited that our values align with the league's member institutions. We also will benefit from the stability and strength of the conference, the athletic caliber of Big Ten institutions, the increased visibility, exposure, and resources the conference will bring our student-athletes and programs, and the ability to expand engagement with our passionate alumni nationwide." In a joint statement, UCLA Chancellor Gene Block and A.D. Martin Jamin said, quote, entry into the Big Ten will also help ensure that UCLA preserves and maintains all 25 current teams and more than 700 student-athletes in our program. Additionally, it means enhanced resources for all of our teams, from academic support to mental health and wellness. And although this move increases travel distances for teams, the resources offered by Big Ten membership may allow for more efficient transportation options. We would also explore scheduling accommodations with the Big Ten that best support our student-athletes' academic pursuits, end quote. We have heard this afternoon from the Pac-12 Conference, who obviously they are awfully wobbly at this particular time as the two faces of their conference have left for the Big Ten, USC and UCLA. But the conference has decided to explore expansion. They're going to try to keep this conference going and they are going to look for teams interested in joining the Pacific 12 Conference. A league source told CBS Sports' Dennis Dodd, quote, the rumors are circulating from Clemson leaving their league to Oregon and Washington in our league, end quote. 
Now, the 14-team ACC is basically in a spot where their TV rights deal is set through 2036, and due to its grant of rights deal, the exit fee right now would be $52 million. Big Ten teams are expected to make between 80 and $110 million with these changes coming to the Big Ten, the new TV deal that's going to be unveiled very, very soon. You can make up that money awfully quickly, to say the least. Hence, Notre Dame exploring all opportunities at this particular time. Dennis Dodd did mention this afternoon Oregon and Washington had been talking to the Big Ten Big Ten said, we are standing pat right now. Dodd mentioned that the Big Ten is waiting on a decision from Notre Dame. So the possibility of independence going bye-bye is a distinct possibility at this time. Earlier today on ESPN Sports Center, Hannah Storm, a Notre Dame grad, was at the anchor desk and was talking about the Notre Dame situation with the SEC Network's Paul Feinbaum and also Heather Denich, who always does a great job breaking down everything involving the college football playoffs. I didn't know Heather actually went to Notre Dame. That was brought up in this conversation. But here's what they had to say about the current state of Notre Dame in this ever-changing college sports world. There's one important element here that could tip the balance, Hannah, and, and that's the one school that everybody wants, the, the big whale that uh, the conferences have, have been going after uh, for as long as uh, you were in school at Notre Dame and I've been watching mm-hmm. college football, and that's the University of Notre Dame. Right mm-hmm. now, for those who don't follow this like we do, they, they have an affiliation with the ACC. They're in, they're in the ACC in every sport but hockey and in football. In football, they play five mm-hmm. conference games. The ACC is desperate now to convince Notre Dame once and for all to join the league. If they fail, the ACC will, will almost cease to exist. And then does, does Notre Dame stay independent or does Notre Dame go to either the Big Ten or the SEC? I think everything is currently in play right now. Right. And, and Heather, walk me through this. And as we know, uh, Notre Dame also has its own television contract with NBC. So walk me through this scenario. Uh, Jack Swarbrick and, and those before him have been holding out, uh, not affiliated with a conference on the football level. So what are the possibilities here? So as long as Notre Dame's other sports that Paul mentioned continue to remain in the ACC, Notre Dame, if it ever wanted to join a conference, would be contractually obligated to join the ACC. But if Notre Dame were to withdraw from the ACC, its football team could play wherever it wants to. It would have to pay an exit fee. It would have to pay a media rights fee because they sold their TV rights to the ACC. I would be surprised if they were that concerned about paying the TV rights fee for their Olympic sports. But Jack Swarbrick told me this summer that there are three reasons why they would consider relinquishing their independence. One is the loss of a committed broadcast partner. One is the loss of a fair route to the postseason. And the third is such an adverse financial consequence that they would have to reconsider. The question is, is everybody else getting richer does that make them reconsider? You can bet they're paying attention to the Big Ten TV deal like everybody else. Now that I listen to that commentary again, I think Feinbaum was saying that to Hannah Storm that she went to Notre Dame, so I actually misunderstood there. So those were the comments. Agree with everything that Paul and Heather were bringing up 
in that particular conversation. There is a lot of money at stake. And is Notre Dame interested in leaving Independence to hit the big jackpot? We're going to find out, it seems like, very, very soon. 6.48 is your time. Sports wagering next on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Show me the money. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. Just a couple of moments left to the program. Last night, one in three with our sports wagering selections. Here are the picks. Very quickly tonight, a couple of the games are already underway. I took the Cardinals on the money line at the Phillies at minus 145. The Blue Jays on the money line against the Rays at minus 150. That's as far as I go, 150. I'm going to take the Yankees minus one and a half runs at the Guardians at minus 130. And the Brewers minus one and a half runs at the Pirates at minus 115. My underdog pick for tonight, the White Sox on the money line at the Giants at plus 120. So the four main picks tonight, Cardinals on the money line, Blue Jays on the money line, Yankees minus one and a half runs, Brewers minus one and a half runs. Budweiser's weekday sports beat tonight brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. By the St. Joseph County 4-H Fair, summer starts here. Going on now through July 9th. Get details at 4hfair.com. By Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt Don't Shop where new beginnings have happy endings. We have South Bend Cubs baseball in 25 minutes. Pre-game coverage, South Bend at Beloit begins at 7.20. The first pitch comes your way at 7.35. We'll see if we have news over the weekend involving Notre Dame and possibly leaving Independence for a conference. We will have a show on the 4th of July, so I'll talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much for joining me on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Again, South Bend Cubs baseball in about 25 minutes on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 